Welcome, everybody, to another live recording of the Linking the Travel Industry podcast, where we discuss travel industry news you are talking about on LinkedIn. My name is Rian, and I'm one of your hosts today. I am the CEO of Agentivity, where we make it our mission to elevate the serviceability of travel management companies, whilst also eliminating the disruption caused by bookings being made in multiple channels. And welcome, everybody. I'm Anne, and I'm a consultant with LeapShift. Anything that you need to help with in the travel industry related to retail industry, one order and distribution. I also work as an instructor with both IOTA and Aeroclass. Hi, everyone. My name is Ash, and I'm the host of a weekly business travel podcast called What's Up in Business Travel. Additionally, I'm the vice president at Traxo, and this is Linking the Travel Industry. Uh, we just want to start today by acknowledging um, our thoughts and prayers for the people affected by the terrible situation unfolding currently in the Israel. It's been terrible to see. I noticed as well, one of our stories today is actually about Israel, but I also see there are actually some flight cancellations obviously happening and it's uh, having a massive impact on people's lives and a, a terrible disruption there. So our thoughts are with those people and um, we will uh, think of them and hope there's a peaceful resolution very soon. So, Anne and Ash, thank you for joining me. For those in the audience who are new to this uh, event, we discuss relevant travel industry stories on LinkedIn. And again, uh, welcome you to take part if you want. Let's start off with my first story, which was obviously the big story of the, the news last week. And Anne, you posted about this first, but there's been obviously quite a few posts about this. This was the news that SAS Scandinavian Airlines struck a deal with a consortium of investors, one of them, including uh, Air France KLM, who will end up with a 20% stake. I posted this and said we have lots of questions, which I'm sure we do. So, Anne, first of all, just over to you, just a sort of a helicopter view recap of that change and what, is it, what does it mean and, and how surprised we all were. Yes, we were. I mean, you know, I'd been hedging my bets on IAG for, for SAS. So, I mean, I knew that something, like I mentioned in my post, I, I thought that something was going on since there were lots of changes as to uh, cutting back on flights to Germany. I mean, sort of flying into JFK, lots of, lots of various signs of uh, a change, right? Of course, it's all over the newspapers in this part of the world. My own reflection is, of course, that the, the value that's really there, that is Eurobonus, right? The frequent flyer program. I thought it was 5 million, a total of 20 million population, but it's actually 7 million, which is uh, pretty amazing. I mean, that's what's really worth the money. Absolutely. Now, Ash, um, how did this go down on that side of the, the pond in America? Has this made the headlines there? I would say probably not as big as it is in Europe, most likely. <laughs> I think it's kind of like, okay, that's nice. I, I don't think anybody has a strong opinion, actually, on this topic. But yeah, Air France and KLM, by the way, is making a lot of headlines, and we might get into some of those a little bit later. They're definitely in the news, and I think they're making a lot of uh, big moves right now. Yes, they are. And, I mean, another reflection on this, of course, is that uh, it makes the alliances more sort of equal in size, I guess. Absolutely. I mean, how happy do you think the majority of the frequent flyers are in that uh, with that change? Do you think? Oh, very unhappy. All over the press. Uh, well, I would say you know any forums on Facebook, etc. It's like uh, they've had to close down threads uh, because it's just been overwhelming, and people go on and on and on about you know this this change and what it means and uh, moving to to SkyTeam. Mohit, well, welcome. You have a comment on the story, right? Hi, good evening, guys. Uh, yes, I do. I think uh, this could give a competitive edge to Air France, KLM, or other airlines in the European market. I think SAS is a strong competitor to IAG. 
and i think taking a stake in sas would allow afkl to gain an edge over them i i think there could be more consolidation happening soon yeah absolutely and do you think this was a de- deal of desperation for sas or did they have much choice here i mean it was a must as as you know i mean there was just no possibility to to carry on any any further without that type of of deal it was an inevitable deal i would say i mean there is there was no alternative i mean they would have had to, to gone bankrupt but it's going to be interesting to the people are already talking about the acquisition you know what's the possibility of an acquisition of norwegian seeing a consolidated europe aren't we it's um, beginning to look like the us we're joined on stage yeah. by christoph uh, thank you for joining us christoph you can do a five second intro and then give us your thoughts on the the story hello and good afternoon everybody it's my i guess second or third time here I'm in the industry for 27 years. Actually, I'm based in Warsaw. Used to work for Lot Polish Airlines, uh, which I left a month ago, a month and a half ago. I was dealing with network planning and development, as well as alliances. I also work for airports and aircraft manufacturer. Coming to this subject, I have to say that I was not very surprised because when i looked at the map of europe already some time ago i just said yeah the biggest and the strongest is lufthansa group and star alliance then the second but smaller is a france plm and sky team and then the smallest and uh, located almost only in the west is aig and one world what i also look for is that we shall have in europe two equal sized alliances or two equal sized groups when 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 looking at the map i just said hmm what about if for example some star alliance members would switch to sky team and on the one hand weakening star alliance on the other hand strengthening sky team nice surprise what happened but it was not a surprise to me that uh, sas is moving that way to air france klm and and sky team in my opinion it's a it's a very good move well christoph thank you very much for that comment and uh, again interesting times ahead right to see where it's going to fall and and change and and where things will land and and i actually would like to add something that i think is really good for sas and that is that the danish state now holds 30% of it and you know it's it's been pretty terrible in the past with three different countries having different stakes in in the airline but now it's it's only the the danish state My next story was just interesting to note um Asha I wonder if you have a comment on this it was it was it was interesting to see that Israeli passport holders is now eligible for the waiver program or ESTA um a fairly significant move I'm a bit surprised it wasn't before any comment on that story Ash I think that this is uh something that was in the works for a while and of course the timing of this news is mm. surreal based on what just recently happened The next story on my list was uh, a bit of a side story. Very interesting for me to see this. I mean, it was about a corporate client that worked with their DMC and and leading a NDC, you know, development. So there's a few twists and turns in the story. I've never heard of the actual corporate customer myself before. They called Bechtel Corporation. Um, they've put together a pilot initially for an NDC booking capability on United, and they worked very closely with SAP Concur on this and their travel management company FCM. It looks like they had a previous TMC which eventually they don't want to name them eventually you know had didn't want to continue with this project and left and then they found a home with with FCM. It's a fascinating story. Can we expect more of this do you think? You know, led by the customer type developments. This is a uh... 
total desperation of some sort. <laughs> I've seen uh, bad construction of something before, but this is by far really bad. I mean, talk about Band-Aid on top of Band-Aid just to fix the next problem that you're creating by putting the first Band-Aid on in the first place, right? You know, I mean, I, I think that, that the folks that were involved probably try to do their best, but they were definitely working with inferior uh, processes and old-fashioned uh, mindset with uh, bad technology. Is this our t-shirt of the week? Band-Aid on a Band-Aid? <laughs> In a way, I mean, you are a bit harsh there, right? Because, I mean, they obviously had, uh, I don't know what, what TMC they were using before they obviously switched to FCM. What's interesting in all of this is that I don't understand why TP Connect did not get involved in the first place. Is that because they already have this setup with SAP, Concur? I guess so. When, when you read that, you sort of go, ooh, using passive segments for duty of care. I mean, just that sentence just makes you cringe. I firmly believe that you cannot use passive seg segments for duty of care. Uh, well, I know you can't. So it's it, it's it's it sounds terrible, but it seems yeah. like it's sort of some sort of transition. I think that's what it is. That's how it's going to be. And the TP Connects part, I mean, you know, that's like having travel fusion. What's the difference? And also, there's obviously the new release of Sepunko coming out, and it's not going to work with that. It's going to be a nightmare. So you're mm -hmm. right, Ash. The maintenance on this alone is... Um... Okay, let's move on. We've got a, two news items on Hopper. Only one of was in my list, but actually the other one is my second story, but I'll just cover it now. There was an announcement by Hopper that they're cutting 30% of their staff. Um, the headline suggested to try and get profitable, but we know there's a story behind the story here. And the second uh, story, which was not on my list that came to my attention, was uh, by Dennis Skoll. I saw he posted on this late on Friday where he talks about Hopper terminating their Booking.com relationship it's sort of prematurely if you want but uh, not wanting them to be the next one to terminate the relationship with booking with Hopper. kind of just doing it proactively there very interesting developments here um, i'm sure there's plenty of comments mohit i think you might have a comment on the story right yeah Rian, i think you know i'll focus on the you know the let go part it was really not easy my feed was full of people impacted i am just hoping you know there are no more waves i think i read somewhere around 250 people were impacted worldwide uh, and this has come on the backdrop of the Expedia split. So maybe this is a reactive short-term measure. Yeah. Any comments, Dan? I've been thinking a lot about this because we're seeing we're seeing so many OTAs struggling. And I wonder that that obviously is is a, a trend. And then of course we're seeing booking not struggling. Um booking mm -hmm. are doing it tremendously well. But I would say that, you know, I mean, I know that Kiwi.com they've downsized uh, we see I mean 30% with Hopper is massive. Maybe, and I just wanted to add one more comment around, you know, OTAs now are looking, which are which are potentially looking to go public, uh, are looking towards more profitability. I think big sizes are no more concern of the investors. So I think everybody's trying to get that uh, revenue number up and, you know, show on the balance sheet. Certainly, because that rings true of the headline that they wanted to push out there in the marketing mm. message, right? They're doing this in order to achieve profitability. So that makes sense. Absolutely. Now, speaking of those with big pockets, more airline aircraft orders. It's I just can't give up. I must admit, if you're now in the business of building aircraft, you must be smiling all the way <laughs> to the bank and back because we saw a huge uh, order by United 
Uh, they're ordering 50 additional Boeing 789s and 60 additional Airbus A321 Neos. Massive order. And then we also saw an order by Cathay Pacific. I saw this in the post by Kurt Hoffman. They've announced the purchase of an additional 32 Airbus, again, A320 Neos. Um, so huge orders there. Good news all around. Um, I believe the United order is not a surprise because apparently they are a bit behind with the other guys. Is that right, Ash? They're just a little bit behind with their craft renewal. Yes, that is correct. And uh, they did have an older fleet to begin with. While the other airlines did invest in their fleet pre-pandemic, United, of course, had not at that point. So you're seeing larger number of aircrafts. The other thing also is that United is shifting their strategy to become an airline that has uh, not just a younger fleet, but also a more efficient fleet. By the way, they're also looking to add more passengers per flight. All of that added together leads us to conversation that we're having where you know they're adding all these new aircrafts. So this is interesting. Rian and Anne. In 2019, they averaged 104 seats per departure in North America. They're looking to change that from 104 to 145. So that's almost a 50% increase in passenger count per flight. So that's wow. pretty, pretty large. Any comments, Anne? I just say, wow, what a massive increase. I didn't know that. Thank you for sharing that, Ash. That's very interesting. Maybe the reason we are seeing so many orders is the pandemic really caused, you know, most of them to cancel aircraft deliveries. So now, you know, the airlines kind of need to replenish their fleets, which I just mentioned. Um, Also, you know, trying to meet the demand rebound. Also, I think they're looking at supply chain disruptions possible. So I think this is making them place orders now to secure aircrafts for the future. Um, I just want to turn to the audience. I see we have such a nice audience participation today and some load of new faces, which is really encouraging. And I just want to say thank you for giving us your precious time on a Monday. It's fantastic to see so many uh, new faces and regular faces in the audience. We here uh, are passionate about not just sharing the news uh, of the industry with you, but also to connect to as many industry peers and friends and connections as we can. And if you haven't already gone through the list of attendees and see if you can be connected to them, I would encourage you to do so. And to encourage you even more, we do pick on an unsuspecting victim and make them our link of the week. And this week, uh, it is fellow countryman Graham Watson, who's our link of the week. Graham, your name is spelled a bit different. It's G-R-A-E-M-E. So you can spot him there in the audience. He's got a huge UK, South Africa type flag behind him. And um, Graham is a fantastic connection to have in the industry. And if you're not connected to Graham, I would encourage you to do so. So Graham, thank you for giving us your time. But thank you for giving us your time and congratulations on being our link of the week. My next story um, is about UK-based travel councillors who've achieved a £200 million turnover in corporate sales, and they say they've added 1,400 new small to medium enterprise clients in their current financial year. A phenomenal, successful story there. Um, really good to see that they've, that they've achieved that. Very nice to see Kieran Hartwell leading the, the company there into such success. Uh, he was going to try and join us today. He doesn't have the time, but um, I think that's a fantastically nice story to to see. Right, Anne? I mean, Travel Council is going from strength to strength. Yes, they are. And and I really wonder, I mean, how, is, it, is that a result of all the consolidations that we've seen, coupled with, of course, the strong rebound? But it's interesting to see that the TMCs are doing very well, I would say. What we know works well, especially for small to 
well, let's say small business dealing with uh, travel counselors is the level of service they can give you because they have this backbone of independent consultants contributing to the overall effort, right? So that's probably a good recipe there in the current um, service demand type era we live in where they can actually pull through and deliver great service to their customers. So they've clearly done very well. Ash, are you familiar with the travel counselors brand? They're not operating there in the US, I know, but um, you, you obviously know about them, right? Yes, we do know about them. And I know uh, Kieran from from a previous life. But what fascinates me is that they acquired 1,400 customers and they're saying the current financial year. I'm assuming that might be this year. That's this a lot year. of customers. I mean, is Karen getting any sleep? You just use this year as the is the year. It's like five customers a day. That's, yeah, that's a lot pretty, of customers. So I'm wondering if they're tapping into some sort of an automation process to develop something behind the scenes, allows them to aggregate new business at a very fast pace. Well, that's why he can't join us today. He's on the, he's on the phone there. So yes, he's, 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 closing, he's closing 100 new customers today. So. <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, if anything, uh, I, I can give you a quick anecdote of a story. I just told this to Anne before um, this uh, call started, but on Sunday I had an employee having to do an emergency trip uh, on a long-haul flight, and she you know, tried to book a ticket. And I reached out on WhatsApp to uh, independent TMC that I know, and 15 minutes later, she had a ticket. Today, I've just spent almost two hours trying to change an online booking with Swiss. It doesn't want to work. It just doesn't want to play. You know, computer says no all the time. And that's the difference. That's the difference. I can, I can, I didn't even have to speak to somebody. I literally messaged somebody on WhatsApp, and 15 minutes later, we had a ticketed booking in hand. And that's where the, the service is winning all the time and I think that's again that's a big story with travel counselors is they can they have that backbone of very experienced uh, counselors who can who can provide great service they've got a good recipe there Next story on my list uh, goes back to the Middle East about Emirates signing a deal with Shell Aviation for an initial 300,000 gallons of SAF fuel. There's two things about the story which really confuses me. I'm not sure if many of us know what is SAF fuel and also how big is 300,000 gallons for an airline? Is it one plane or is it two planes? I don't actually know. Do, does, do any of us know? And you know what's the significance of 300,000 gallons in the amount of gallons that Emirates consumes? I was dreading you'd ask me that question, okay, but sorry. of course I, I can I can take a stab at this and say that it's probably not a great deal. <laughs> no, sorry to pick on you, but I think the point there is that it's 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 there's so much marketing here, and I, I kind of think I know what Ash is going to say about this story. I'm not going to say anything. No, that is fair enough. Now, actually, those were the stories on my list, a pretty short list last week. Uh, if you don't know where to find these, if you are connected to me, you'll see I post this on a Friday. So. And any extra stories from your side? Yes. Uh, one that caught my attention was the cooperation between uh, Europa and Irio, which is a Spanish high-speed uh, rail operator. And um, I, I was just really, really impressed. I mean, I know that the Iberia has a cooperation with Renfe, but um, I'm super impressed by Air Europa and, and this move. So it's one more step in the intermodal journey. Um, Say the name of that train company again. It's called Ir Yo, and Ir in Spanish is to go, and Yo is me. So I'm going, yes. I should have to thank Christoph, who's in the audience here, who sent it to me. So thank you again, Christoph, for getting, you know, bringing that one to my attention. Ash, what about you? Any extra stories from your side? 
All right, I have two, Rian. Uh, one is uh, good to know, and the other one is uh, quite amusing. Uh, the good to know one is that uh, Aeromexico is expanding into the U.S. with 17 new routes. So last week, we talked about Viva Aerobus expanding. Uh, this is all due to FAA's restoration of Mexico's safety ratings. So now the airlines of Mexico can fly into the U.S. Uh, and add more routes. What makes this even more interesting is, of course, we know Aeromexico has a partnership with Delta, uh, so remember the Air France uh, conversation that we we're having with the Sky team and uh, Air France KLM and, and SAS. So what Delta is doing is that they're coordinating these with Aeromexico, where all the new flights are going to provide connections into the Delta hubs. And of course, Delta owns a good portion of Aeromexico. So this is supposed to expand 30% more seats to now and when it all goes into full-fledged in 2024. So that's a good to know. And then the interesting one is, did you hear about the Air Malta story? No. You're going to love this. Okay, oh. so Air Malta's government announced that they're going to shut down the airline Air Malta in March of next year. And the reason wow. for that is because the European Union refused to provide some state aid into that airline to keep it afloat. So Malta's government figured out, I guess, a loophole. So what they're going to do is shut it down and they're going to open up a new one simultaneously. Same name, <sighs> same staff, same everything. But this will allow them to find the loophole and get the state aid into the airline. Alitalia Itza over again, isn't it? <laughs> yes. So this is quite uh, quite uh, interesting. How can you open an airline with the same name? I mean, that that just cannot be legal. Recently happened with South African Airways as well. And but what fascinates oh, yeah. me and uh, is that Ash is pulling a European airline story up from under us. I know. I know. He's he's being influenced. You guys are, you guys are watching too much rugby. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, that's true. We're joined by somebody we haven't seen for a while. George, I'm so happy to see you back, my friend. How are you? It's been a long time. I'm really happy to see you around and to hear about uh, this great news you, you always uh, share with us. Uh, first of all, and second, I want to say hi to Krzysztof. We used to be, um, when he was uh, back in the time in Lot, uh, and I was in based in Warsaw, he did an amazing time over there, so an amazing work. So big highs to you, Krzysztof. Thanks a lot, Jadis. Kalimera. Kalimera to you. So I only wanted to share with you some uh, a rumor, which is news, which kind of a, still on a rumor status, which I heard it from two different uh, occasions by two different airlines related to things that is going to apparently come up sooner or later. Uh, already the airlines uh, are facing it um, and are trying to find solutions for that. It's uh, related to an engine uh, issue, whoever is the carrier that um, carries uh, Pratt & Whitney uh, engines, turbines, there is a case of, uh, of uh, a part inside which actually gets to be uh, easily consumed, let's call it like that. It creates dust, some dust. It's a spare part which is uh, a bit of a scarce quality, let's call it like that. And uh, many airlines, they have that now. And uh, it will take um, long, very long time to be um, changed, to be um, upgraded. And there are most of the airlines that are without solutions. <laughs> if, if it is true, the rumor, many airlines that will have to ground many of their planes. Uh, some of them, they are, it is a part which is in the NEO, Airbus NEO uh, aircrafts. George, I have a question for you. Is this the same uh, story as the AOG Techniques company? 
that was recently in the news for providing a fake certificate parts to the airline industry? I don't oh, think it's so. totally different. Okay. It's a different thing. Uh, it's a different, it's a, it's a, it's a spare part of a, not the quality that had to be and create some kind of a special dust, let's call it like that, from the use. And uh, it, uh, apparently there is a, there is a new um, release of uh, security checks that they have to do all the airlines. George, as always, it's fantastic to hear from you. So thank you very much for that. And also to Christoph. Welcome, my dear. Now that sort of thank wraps you. up our stories for the week. Um, in the meantime, well, he's done feverish uh, research and he's telling us that Emirates will consume those 300,000 gallons in 83 hours. A typical 747 consumes one gallon per second. So thank you for that. Wait, now we know. All that's left for me to say is thank you to everybody who's taken part. Christoph, uh, George, thank you for that. Graham, well done on being on Link of the Week. Thank you for everybody else for giving us your time and for the time of the other contributors. That's it from my side. Over to you, Anne. Thanks, everyone. And a special thanks, of course, to uh, Christoph and to George. Really good to see you again. And uh, Graham, our, our uh, Link of the Week. Thanks, everyone. All right, everyone. Thank you for joining today's session. We host this LinkedIn audio call every week on Monday, and it is all about linking the travel industry. Please do share this event with everyone that you know. Chances are that if you enjoyed today's session, others that you know will as well. And if you cannot make it because of time zone availability, we make this session available as a podcast on Business Travel 360. This is Linking the Travel Industry, signing off. 